Welcome to the Kinetic Belief Podcast. I'm so excited to champion and encourage you every week, right here. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. So it's amazing to me, Megan, how often I'm still getting calls and we still get communication from people that I just don't understand what you're talking about. I'm still trying to get out of this dead end job. I'm trying to get out of this dead end life, this dead end relationship. And I'm like, okay, you're not really listening to get hold of what kinetic belief, the law of attraction is all about. You don't try to get out of these things to get out of it. You have to imagine to believe. You believe to imagine. You imagine to see. And then all these things start moving toward you. That's what we're going to be talking about today is just helping these people, helping them to, and it's really just being able to, for the first time, start expressing yourself in the way that the law of attraction works. You can't say one thing and believe another and then attract the right thing. Hi, Meg. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> oh, I'm just fired up today. You I know? see that. That's good, though. That's exciting. Uh, it's an exciting topic, and it's the, it's really getting into the crux, into the core of the thing that changes people's lives, and that comes with understanding, understanding what makes this all this work. Wow, knowledge is everything, isn't it? Oh, it really is. And uh, you know, without it, you you most people they'll listen to things like the the um, law of attraction, and they're just mental agreeers. They're like, oh yes, yes, I understand. Oh, that makes sense. I get it. I and, and it uh, I agree with it. But being a mental agreeer is not enough. I just felt personally called out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. No, not you. <laughs> Uh, how have you been? I've been great. Really, really good. Um, been eating super healthy this week, so I'm feeling in control of whenever I eat healthy, I feel like I'm in control of every part of my life. So I'm feeling pretty good today. Well, you should be feeling good because you look great. Well, thanks. Am you, I glowing? You, you got a glow That's about that, you. Is that broccoli glow? Yeah. Would I say anything different? Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. I would not. You, you do look good. You look like you're taking good care of yourself. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about moving beyond a dead-end job. Ooh. We're talking about, you know, somebody says, well, I'm on fixed income. Well, who fixed it? Break it. <laughs> or yeah. I'm in a, my life is just a dead-end life. Or it's a, I'm in a dead-end relationship. What in the world is dead-end other than there is a, you, you have somehow imagined closure. Yeah. Sounds like another word for victim. Victim. You're in a circle of life and you're in a habitual way of living. And so that's what we're going to be dealing with today. Getting out of that and and finding that freedom that's on the inside of everyone. You know, you came into this world already a free person Mm. on the inside. You are every single person listening to this podcast today is already healed. Every person listening already has um, unconditional love on the inside of them. They already have victory on the inside of them. But what happens is along the way, people start speaking that out of you. You start believing the condemnation. You start believing the judgments and then your self-worth begins to diminish. And in that diminishing, you start attracting a diminishing lifestyle, a diminishing way of living and to where everything becomes a circular pattern, habitual way of life. 
And that's where the dead ends start to manipulate you and to control you and to give you the expectations for your tomorrows. Well, and whenever you're in those those cycles that you're talking about, it is so hard to mentally break free from any of that because, again, like you're saying, you just feel completely trapped. And without new information or a positive disruption, there's just not... You just don't feel like you have many options. Well, let's talk about the law of attraction and how this whole thing yeah, works. Let's do it. And it's kinetic belief that causes the law of attraction to work in your mm-hmm. life. Kinetic belief is the continuum of a thought process. It's first of all, stirring up the imagination and you imagine to believe what you're going to receive. And then you kinetically journal. You got to write this down. You got to write down exactly what you're imagining to believe yourself moving beyond. And then through the process of that continuum of thought and thought uh, thinking, you're stirring yourself up to now receive what you've imagined. And it's a process of attraction that's be- it begins in the substance of what you're hoping for. In quantum physics, the particles of attraction, what they do is they continue in force while faith is strong enough to receive what you're believing. Back in 2012, there was something that was discovered, and, and they, you know, scientists don't like to call it this, but it's the God particle. And that God particle upholds all things. And it, all those things being upheld will never consider the worthiness of your desires. There's, it's not a respecter of persons. Those things that exist on the inside of you for a grander, fuller life is not going to be based on whether or not you deserve it, whether or not somebody else validates it for you. You don't need to justify those things that you're believing for. They already exist. And so the the challenge for uh, every human being on this planet is to get out from under condemnation, get out from under the expectations of others, and begin to only believe what they're uh, imagining to believe and not listening to the, the uh, alternate uh, uh, thoughts of, of others. You know, so many people want to tell us what to do with our lives, what we should be doing, what, what we should be eating, where, should we be, where we should be working. If you go to college, this is what you need to study when you get there so that you can become this. And we allow those other people, those influencers, to design our lives away from our original purpose. I have what may come across as a simple question, um, but before you even can know what you want to believe for with with a, what you're calling a dead-end job, um, you know, I've, I've had jobs before that I didn't enjoy. They weren't fulfilling. I didn't like. But when I was in that job, you know, the struggle to know if I should stay, if I should leave, if I should quit, if I should try to make the best of the situation, um, how do you know if you should stay and make the best or if you should quit and pursue a dream that you have? I mean, how do you even make, because those are huge life-changing path choices. Um, how do you even begin? Because you need to know what to believe for, right, to even implement any of this. Right. Well, the first place you start is with, are you satisfied or dissatisfied? That's a quick gut check. And first of all, recognize that only 1% of the world's population are actually in a satisfactory uh, lifestyle. 1%. So that means chances are you're not actually doing what your purpose is. Now, it's not to say that where you are right now is not designed to be part of the process of getting to where you're supposed to be. But if you're looking at where you are now and you're dissatisfied with it, 
and yet you're not looking beyond it, then something's broken because what you're experiencing is not your truth. What you believe is your truth. So you're saying that um, always wanting to pursue growth, it should be your natural, natural default. That's correct. It, uh, the, the perfected life is one that is always expanding, always growing. It's always becoming more. Yeah. Okay. So dead end job. I'm in it. I'm going there nine to five every day. I can't stand it. What do I do first? Well, the first thing that you need to do is, is to go back and understand, look, start looking inwardly, look for the original you. What are your desires? What are, what are the things that really excite you? You know, these are perhaps their secrets to you. Maybe you've closeted those those desires of yours and no one knows anything about it but you. You've been afraid to to parade it around before your family, friends, loved ones because you you are concerned of that they might ridicule you, make fun of your desires. So, but what is that? What is what is the original you? Come in contact with that. Meditate on it. Get away from the noise of the world so that you can find out who you are. Listen to yourself. Be honest with yourself. And when you're going through the process of considering these things and writing them down, don't validate them. Don't feel like they need to be justified. Don't ask yourself, well, I think I would like to do this if Mike or Carl or Susie approved of it. No, don't do that. Imagine you're the only one and no one else needs to see this. What is it? What are those desires? Put those down. Journal them. That is the beginning of the perfected version of you, which already exists. There's nothing new under the sun. And that's what people need to understand. You're not creating something new. The original you already perfected, already exists. And now what you're going to do is begin attracting that into your life. What's a dead end job that you've had that you had to get out of? <laughs> well, I don't know that I've, you know, I don't know that I've honest. Now, honestly, I don't think I've been in a dead end job. Everything I've ever done, I was thrilled to do it. I have done, you know, I've, I've had many companies, many businesses, I've worn a lot of different hats and loved and was thrilled with every one of them Even because I was a teenager. Like, oh my I mean, gosh, didn't you work I threw like... newspapers and loved it. Oh my goodness. I mean, and I, you know, I had targets out in the yards and I would, I would go buy my bike or my horse, which I was riding at the time, throwing newspapers and I had targets and I, so I was having a lot of fun oh and word. I was making money while doing it. Are you human? Are you an alien? Well, it's just yeah. amazing to me because I, I can think of, I can think of so many jobs that, well, frankly, I hated them. They're well, you know, there is no, there is no one person that is uh, magnified any more than anyone else. They're, we are all respectable creators. With all, all, all of us have genius on the inside of us. No one person's any better or any worse than anyone else. I think that just points to it. Really, is all mental. I mean, it absolutely, whether you're five years old or 50, whether you have a job you love or hate, or I mean, all of it, it just stems from your inner dialogue. Inner dialogue is everything because you know what? We are all eternal beings. Every single one of us arrived on earth with a very unique, very specific, very uh, 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 wonderful purpose for believing. Believing is, is, is what we're adhering to and relying on for the reality of our lives. It's what we believe. And so our challenge, all of us, our unique challenge is to every single day meditate on, before we leave the house, before you get out of bed in the morning, meditate on flowing in your creative self rather than drifting along some path of the least resistance or one that's been set up by other people. But get into that flow of your creative self. 
Determined to never compete again, competition requires comparisons. Stop comparing yourself with other people. Look within to find your creative purpose. And then with that one-track imagination and, and little else, there's little else, in fact, that's required to attract your perfected life. Just have that one-track imagination that you're journaling and that you are creating this continuum of thought. And then allow that belief to become all that you're imagining to see. And it begins coming into your life. I think one of the biggest obstacles um, that I hear most from people when they want to pursue their dreams is they're waiting. They're waiting on timing, on funding, money, support, business partner to finish school. What would you say to those people that, that would just say, I'm waiting, I'm just waiting on fill in the blank to begin? You know, that's a great thing that uh, if you see or if you find yourself waiting for any particular thing, that's because you're still justifying your success. Justification requires that you wait for a, another person to respond. Your original purpose requires no justification. In fact, if you're willing to wait forever, you will never wait for long. Wow, justification. That's a that's a big one. That's a big one. Justification. That's what we're, we're, you know, most of us, we still feel like, you know, you have to somehow earn what you've got. You have to justify your success. You have to, you know, how often if you hear someone say, well, I want to go to college to become, uh, uh, you know, a dentist because I've always liked going to the dentist. I mean, no. <laughs> I've never heard that before, Who's but that? It, there's, a, there's our example. All right, so that, there's that person that likes going to the dentist, so they oh, want man. to be a dentist, but now what they're doing is they're using the justification of going to the dentist <laughs> to become, I love it. Oh, so I, just, I just had the thought, you know, you, you fall in love, you fa- finally find your soulmate, and you realize there, there's someone that loves going to the, to I wonder, the dentist. What do you think dentists become dentists because they don't like going to the dentist? Maybe. Oh, I think, hmm. that's, a, I think that's a push for a lot of people to enter a lot of occupations they think oh i can do this better i could make this better whatever Um, the motivation well let's work on that let's work on that analogy if there's a dentist listening email us your motivation apologies no i want to know what their motivation well for that guy or girl whoever whoever you are whatever it is if you find yourself having to or trying to justify whatever it is that you're desiring you're there's still fear working in your life. Validation says that I'm fearful of not being able to receive what I have. I need to make an apology. Hey, guess what? You don't need to apologize for anything to anybody that you ever want to pursue in your life. Preach. No apologies. That's the stuff. Get out of the business of making apologies because you are wonderfully made. You're not supposed to be anyone else. You're not supposed to model yourself after anybody. Yes, be inspired by the successes of others, but then look on the inside of you and find that unique self, whoever that is, and then promote that, not not to be in a prideful way, not in a way that you're better than other people because you're not, but you're not any less than anyone else. So stop putting other people on pedestals around you and looking up to them. And at the same time, stop looking down on others. We're all equals. But in that place of equality, look on the inside of you because you've got so much to offer everyone else by finding that identity, that unique person that you are, and promoting that so that through that edification of yourself, now you can walk in unconditional love toward others, giving something unique to other people that will expand their lives. You see, that's what living is all about. 
when we can enjoy ourselves while others are enjoying us as well. That's so interesting to think through those gymnastics, those mental gymnastics, because I know that the human, the gut reaction when you have a new thought or idea is to, you want people to support it. You want to go around to your family, your friends and say, Hey, what do you think? And, and based on their um, energetic or not energetic answer, you, you pursue it or you don't. Um, It's really hard to not have an idea and just go ping it off of people to see if you should, you should do something with it. But what we're doing, you know, think about it for just a minute. What's actually happening when you're asking somebody to validate or justify or support or tell you you're okay or you're not okay? You're asking someone else who is uniquely uh, different than you are to weigh in on who you are. It's like asking one painting in a gallery, uh, what do you think of me across the way? If If two paintings could talk to each other, what do you think of my... Uh, the, the, my mountain and field scene and, and you're talking to a portrait on the other side. And, you know, this is a, a fisherman. Well, what does he know about a mountain? What does a mountain know about a fisherman? We're just supposed to appreciate and admire each other and stop asking each other if, if you think I should be fill in the blank. You're not, you're not me and I'm not you. And that makes me think that it's a self-evaluation issue. You know, Absolutely. you need you need to take your own ideas and your own thoughts and feelings and elevate those and say these matter and they're important in their mind. And just the fact that they're mine is is the reason that, that they matter makes them correct and it makes them good. Your purpose is good. Your purpose is is uh beautiful and it's exactly as it's supposed to be i've heard you say before you know it's not that it's the best idea but it's my idea which makes it the best idea yeah exactly and so that's where you start to find freedom from anything that's dead in you're in that dead end job you'll start to to move out of that uh sense that i'm in this dead end thing because you're no longer looking for justification you're no longer looking for uh you, you can't find a way up by looking down you can't you can't uh, climb a ladder by looking for uh, the way of, of least resistance. And that's what we're doing through justification and validation is um, those are providing us escape hatches of least resistance that we are so eager to run down because we've had someone else's approval, but it will never end up with you climbing a ladder to your next self when you go through the door of least resistance. It seems like the the step of getting rid of that knee-jerk reaction to justify all of your decisions and your actions, it's like it's right before you fully commit to your heart's desire. It's like if you can get through that roadblock of needing to justify everything, then you can finally move into this, I'll, I will pursue this forever if that's what it takes. I will pursue, I heard um, a musician one time, he said, um, he was like, yeah, when I when I first started playing coffee shops and bars, I thought, yeah, I'll give it 40 years. <laughs> and he said, you know, at least at least if I don't make it, I'll have a really good, I'll be really good at the guitar. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I doubt the owner of that coffee shop ever said, I'm going to give this 40 years. So <laughs> he made it. Yeah, Needless, I think that funny. was Jason Mraz or something. But uh, but I just yeah. but that's it. But you commit to something to that level. I mean, that's a. I, I just think that's such a daily process, like you, you're talking about with kinetic belief. The I just want to talk about what it takes to commit to a new heart's desire, a new pursuit, after you finally get rid of this dead-end lifestyle. Well, you know, one of the things that we're talking about here is, of course, looking uh, inwardly and finding that intrinsic self and becoming... Um, 
aware of it to the point of bringing it out of the closet and saying, I am okay with who I am. In fact, I want to celebrate myself and champion myself. And, but now one of the first things, one of the, here's what happens with most people. Once they start down that road, and I see this when, in some of the questions we get from some of the journalers that are using our kinetic belief guided journal, is they, are, they begin to successfully do exactly what we're talking about. But you know what happens? Is they become puffed up in what they are successfully doing with their own lives to the extent that now they feel like, oh, I just got to get my best friend doing this. I've got to tell somebody else what's wrong with their life and why they are so messed up in the way that they're pursuing things. And then they get off track with self by trying to manipulate and manage people around them. And then what happens is, is through that uh, manipulation of those people in their sphere of influence, it begins to backfire and it turns against them. And now they have, uh, they're validating what they're doing by whether or not their best friends receiving their advice to do the same thing. It's like the definition of staying in your lane. Isn't it? That's exactly right. So you, you want to do this and run the course, stay the course, continue to run in your own lane successfully without, uh, Feeling like now you need to coach those people around you and tell them what's wrong with their life and why you're doing everything so great. And it's not to say that you shouldn't care about them and and uh, perhaps share with them the kinetic belief guided journal. But um, at the end of the day, let the decision for them be their decision. Well, let's be honest. You know, we all want to correct people and tell them what to do when when we something's not going quite as we planned in our own life. When you feel out of control of yourself, you're you're going to displace that onto other people. But for the and for the new kinetic believer, you have to understand what's actually happening here is they're using the process of trying to guide someone else into a lifestyle of kinetic belief and law of attraction to validate what they're doing. I want to see what your response is to what I'm doing by me telling you how to do what I'm doing. And so in a bigger, broader picture, what they're doing is, again, right back into justification, right back into validation, and they derail and they come out of kinetic belief. They lose the continuum of thought and the purity and essence of belief. And they stop the attraction process of bringing into their life the very thing that they were desiring. We all grew up hearing from our parents, uh, well, why can't I go to um, Bobby's house or Susie's house? And they would say, because I said so. Um, but that could become a pretty great mantra for your life. It's a perfect mantra. I said so is enough to attract anything into your life that you're desiring. You don't need to justify it and, and not say, this is, I deserve it. I've earned it. It's mine. I never had it before. So it's time for me to have it now. Blah, 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 blah. All those reasons. Those are justifications. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that the, you saying something, believing something and just frankly wanting to do it is always enough reason to make it okay. That's correct. Always enough. And here's something that's really cool about all this. A creative desire and kinetic belief can be activated for expanding in your life at any moment. You know, this doesn't take a big head start. This, you know, you don't say that, well, you know what? This all sounds good. And I think uh, the first of November, I'm going to start. You don't need to do that. Start Mm -hmm. it. You can start any moment. In fact, 
everybody is attracting something into their lives at all times, whether they know it or not. It's always working. Yeah, we talked uh, last week about how we're all enablers. We're all enabling the good or the bad. The You're either enabling your dead-end job or relationship, or you're enabling the the heart's desire that you're working toward. There's always something working. Enabling is a good word for it. You're always communing with good, bad, whatever. Um, so you've got to be really careful of what you're being mindful of, what you're dwelling on. And if you are thinking about negative things, those are imaginations that you need to cast down and get out of your life. Because if you meditate on or if you maintain those negative imaginations, then you're going to be attracting those negative things into your life. Or if you're fearful of something and you meditate on that which you're fearing, you're going to be drawing that thing that you fear into your life. We're always kinetically believing to see something. So I think one of the most obvious questions is, if I quit my dead-end job, it may be dead-end, but it's it's paying my bills. Um, how do I move on from that and not, you know, just overcoming that fear of not having enough and, and believing that I'm, that I'm even going to attract the job that I, that I want. Well, the way that you move beyond anything that you feel like you're stuck in is you've got to journal your way out of it. And the reason I keep saying journaling is because that is, uh, you've, the process of keeping and maintaining a thought, the continuum of a belief is absolutely necessary to not only draw you through motion and an active work in your belief toward a thing, but it's also drawing that thing that you're believing into your life. Um, circumstances begin to change when you're journaling it. What we do in the innate um, uh, habitual way of life for every physical being is we are instinctive by nature. And to be instinctive by nature means that we're responding emotionally to uh, whatever's happening in our lives. And the thing about emotions producing feelings is that they will then create our thought processes. If you feel one way, you think one way. And if you are emotional about something, it changes your feelings and you think another way. And people that are led by their emotions and their feelings are always going to be changing their minds. And we do one thing one day, then we feel like doing something else the next day. We feel like doing another thing the next day and our emotions change and then we, we keep following our feelings. Well, this is a double-minded person. And a double-minded person is someone that is victimized by life. And this is also a person that then finds themselves in a circle of life. And they're pinging, like a word that you like to use, they're pinging off of the thoughts and ideas and opinions of other people. They're pinging off of their have-tos in the workplace, their have-tos in the home place, their have-tos with the kids and the family, their have-tos at the holidays. All those have-tos are now guiding the lives of the emotionally-led person. And so back to the answer to your question, how do we get out of that uh, habitual lifestyle, that dead-end thing, you begin it by guided journaling. The guided part is, is, is taking this information of what actually the law of attraction is and kinetic belief, which is the primary law that makes the law of attraction work. And then you stir those thoughts up, remaining mindful of exactly what's working, how this works, why it works, not only on the, 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 um, uh, the, the thought process level, but then also just scientifically so that you're building your faith up and you've got no doubt that this works. And then by stirring that up, then you're journaling and looking for the continuum of the thoughts that you're desiring to see. 
And you do this day after day after day after day and make sure that you're not moved off of that mark of believing by uh, emotional thoughts or the desires of other people. And this continuum of thought now begins attracting into your life that change that you're believing and hoping for. You stay the course. You don't turn to the left. You don't turn to the right. You're not emotionally led. Nothing's going to get you down off of those new thoughts and ideas that come from your original purpose. Your life begins to change. Everything begins around you begins to change. Things that don't belong in your sphere of influence begin to leave. It, it is a miraculous thing, and it, it works every single time. It will not fail. In fact, this it, it is you can count on it to the point of that this is the thing that makes the world go round, and it is the very thing that has put man on the moon and will eventually put man on Mars. What do you say to the person that, that just they don't feel as though their ideas are that spectacular. Maybe they don't even have an idea. I think one of the hardest things about pursuing your heart's desire is, is even figuring out the implementation or, or what it is. Um, what if someone just doesn't even have the sense that their existence is important enough? Well, that's somebody that's never been a, uh, alone long enough to uh, understand their uniqueness because there is absolutely no such thing as a person that doesn't have a spectacular idea. There's genius in every single person. There's no, never been a, 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 a spiritual or a soulful birth defect. Everyone is unique, and because of that, Everybody has that spectacular on the inside of them. And when you say alone, do you mean like introspection, self-reflection? Yeah, because and in, in that is the, the that is to be alone is to in, it be introspective. But often, you know, the only way to do that is to get away from the noise of the world and the thoughts and ideas of other people. Get away from the influence of news, television. Um, uh, fables, books, movies, stories, people, dogs, animals, responsibilities, all those things. Get away from that. Be quiet. Now, and this could be scary for a lot of people because I know a lot of people, they say, oh my gosh, I can't imagine being alone for any length of time. Well, the reason is, and the reason that's scary to a lot of people is because they get their identity from those around them mm -hmm. rather than their identity from within. What about people who do spend a lot of time alone, but, you know, that time certainly isn't spent um, uh, focusing, focusing on the value of self? Well, and that's what I mean by get away from hobbies, mm -hmm. habits, golf, yeah. uh, frisbee, whatever it is that you do, and, you know, or just walking up and down the street uh, in, in downtown yeah. New York. There's so the many norm. distractions, yeah. and you're looking through windows, and you're, you're people watching and all that. All those things are just to distract you away from self. Go to your place. Go to a hygge place and and get get into a quiet room and light a candle and get into a corner and get your, your blanket and wrap up your favorite little warm beverage and cuddle up into a corner and uh, put on some soft music and think. I've heard you compare kinetic belief to kicking a soccer ball from one end of the field to the other to score a goal. Um, I love that concept because it's so easy to remember because it requires that goal, pursuing that goal, it requires that momentum to be activated over and over and over again, which fits perfectly in with journaling and and I feel like when you journal every morning like you're talking about it's in a sense you're, you're that's the momentum that's the kick that you're giving yourself every single morning to keep your life in that forward motion 
Yeah, and you know we're teetering on the scientific part of this, which you know is a whole other topic. And but just to for a quick glimpse at what you're you're talking about, you, you can look at a rock with a microscope, and you can see that it's not actually solid. And from our perspective, it appears to be solid. It, it appears to be motionless. But you'll see the rock particles, and they're jumping, and they're moving around. And the rock is formed by uh, particles of energy, and, and we can see it. Well, the human body that we're dwelling in, it is a molecular structure. And it has a very distinctive state of being, or it has a set vibration. However, something that's just beyond wonderful, miraculous that happens, or what some would say is, is just, you know, it's a miracle, uh, according to what we believe or what we imagine. When we imagine something as being true, either by sight or through the senses, or simply because we just choose to believe it, regardless of the way things may appear, when we're able to uh, kinetically, like you're saying, sustain that belief from day to day, just like kicking a soccer ball across a field, it has to have an inertia, a, a beginning momentum to the energy. Your thoughts have to have an, an inertia to them. They have to continue to move along with an energy. The particles of mass then, see thoughts are made up of, of energy and particles, subatomic atomic particles. They begin moving to or resulting from the substance of that belief. Everything that we believe has substance, universal substance, there's mass to it. And we as creators, see we're able to activate a field of energy that begins attracting the substance, literally attracting the good thing that we desire. And, and this is what happens when we have a sustained imaginative dream that we have journaled, that we're revisiting, and we're continuing to construct and build by revisiting those, those things that we're journaling, that imaginative dream or, or a desire for something. You see, most people just kind of hope it happens. I, I just hope one day that, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'll become a, an attorney or a lawyer. I hope one day to, to marry the perfect person of my dreams and thoughts and hopes, that, that true love, whatever it is. Well, you know, nothing just happens. Even when we don't, can't understand, understand how it ha or explain how something happened, it didn't just happen. Everything has a purpose behind it. And you've got to hold on to that vision as a present belief or a conviction to be a kinetic believer in control of your destination. What about um, responsibility? Um, I think there are probably, probably a lot of people in positions and jobs where they would love to get out of it, but they just can't shake the sense that they have to provide for family, for someone else. Um, what, what do you say to those people? I mean, that's a tough spot to be in. Well, as long as you don't confuse responsibility with justification, responsibilities can can follow the most successful person on the planet. It doesn't mean that we have to, to shirk responsibility and or run from it. And this isn't a, a way to get out of, uh, of those responsibilities. Responsibilities are something that you, first of all, tag yourself with. No one is responsible because some or should be responsible because someone else tells them they are. You need to assume responsibility for it to be a good one. So you take your good responsibilities and then you, you discipline your emotional state of being to remain optimistically convinced that those responsibilities are yours and that everything you're imagining is yours. Everything has already come to pass in your life and it's here in the present tense. It's here now. Well, what are you doing? 
You have determined that you just know what you know, and all is well, and whatever I desire belongs to me now. And I'm looking at what I'm journaling, and I'm believing to see it now. And um, not only that, but it's already happened in my life. And I'm taking these responsibilities that I have assumed as good and perfect and meant for me. I'm kinetically journaling my belief in, in proper sequence, and I'm doing this every single day. I'm casting down these negative imaginations that don't agree with my vision and my, my perfected vision that I'm, I'm desiring. I'm remaining positive. I'm not considering the negatives. Listen, you know, negativity is an idea that's just born of fear. Any doubts, fear is the, the, the root of that problem. It's just an emotional state under the perpetual influence of, of a life that's contracting, a life that is diminishing. Positive emotions, on the other hand, are based in, in gratitude, thankfulness. Why is that so important? Because gratitude and thankfulness says it's mine now. It's done now. All is well now. I have my perfected desire now. The kinetic energy of belief begins expanding in my life. It adds to the good with more good and more good. And now it's only just a matter of time before that good imagination, that kinetic belief begins moving into form. Wow. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it's exciting because like I always I always feel when we have these conversations that it, it it's putting you into the driver's seat. It's absolutely, you know, because that's the biggest thing. We all feel sort of helpless in these situations. And this takes away the helplessness and it replaces it with a real quality um you know, sort of plan of action. You know something interesting? Think about this. And we say this often, and then we just just think about the driver's seat, for example. Do you, people don't realize this, but they have been in the driver's seat of their destination from day one. Mm. Yeah. Either, you know, a victim is enabling the circumstances of their life. Yeah. A lot of people have to say, boy, that makes a lot of people upset. Yeah, it's hard to swallow. You know, but the, they're upset the, the, while the they're in the driver's seat. Things, you know, you attracted. Circumstances do not dictate mm-hmm. um, the life that we're living. The life that the life that we're believing dictates the circumstances. Wow, that's really powerful because it's so human to just look around and go, well, this happened because of this person, or this happened because of that person, or, or I, I wasn't born with this, or I wasn't born into that. Um, but in a sense, just the fact that we are all creators means we were all born on an equal playing field. So you can't walk around playing that victim card. You can, but it's just a mindset. It's not real. Victim cards are excuses. Other people are excuses. Where you're born is an excuse. Education lack thereof is an excuse. All these are justifications for being unsuccessful. We're all, you know, anybody that's justifying either a need for success or justifying the reason that they're not successful or are justifying why they're not happy. These these are people in the, from the position of a driver's seat are still determining their destination, a destination of being unhappy, a destination of being in a dead-end job or or not having enough money at the end of the month to to enjoy myself or whatever it is. These are justifications for not commanding that source matter to rearrange and construct and form and change and expand and attract what you desire from the driver's seat. Let's talk about for a moment just overcoming fear. Um, that's That seems like a very generic topic for this, but fear channels, fear drives all bad decisions. 
And so if you're staying in a job you don't like, if you're staying in a relationship you don't like, whatever you're just sitting in, it's based in fear. Um, let's talk about overcoming fear for just a minute. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, uh, you know, fear is limitations and fear comes also from just not having enough information. Mm. Fear is, you know, take just flying, for example. Most people that have a fear of flying have never flown a plane, have never been trained up in flying a plane. Um, heard an astronaut talking recently, and, and I was watching him uh, in, in one of their, their just a, a program about going to the moon, and he was talking about how they were trained to, to become astronauts. And from the outside looking in, people are thinking, gosh, there's no way I could ever get on top of one of those those bombs and and shoot up out of the, the uh, atmosphere and go into space. And he's, and he's like, well, you know, we're not sitting there with our fingers crossed just hoping this thing works. <laughs> no, he says, we're trained. We, we understand gravity and lack thereof. We know what it means to leave the atmosphere. We know what it means to come back into the atmosphere. So all this information now begins to turn away the spirit of fear. Wow. So knowledge has... Uh, is absolutely necessary to increase the substance of our belief and our faith. And that's what, again, the, the guided journaling process does is it stirs up the knowledge required to get rid of any fear or hesitancy. Because when you begin to kinetically believe for change it from that dead end job or that dead end life, whatever it may be, you see, there are no limits to the power of kinetic belief attraction. And so, you know, if we were to get into the, the quantum physics of all this, understanding that whatever it is you're believing for permeates all things. No one is outside of this. Again, it's not a respecter of persons. And through observation or just imagination, we can attract and create and uh, exactly what we're believing for. I love the sense that this is a daily pursuit of... of not just not having that dead in life, but, but finally realizing and accepting that to have the, the life that you really want to live, you have to w go through those mental gymnastics of stirring that vision up and stirring that pursuit up every single day, not every week or every month, but it, it's a daily pursuit. It's a prescription. You take it several times a day. You do it morning, noon, and night. Get up in the morning and you take it, and then when you break for lunch, you're taking it, and then you're doing it again before you go to sleep at night. You know, because, for example, through, through the journaling process of kinetic belief, you're going to begin to understand how important it is that, well, for example, that you don't have any regrets. Uh, you know, we, we start, people start getting excited about their future while trying to drag a regret. Oh gosh, I just wish I had done this 10 years ago and changed my life for the better 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Well, a regret is, produces feelings of sadness. Now think about it. And then the corresponding uh, heartache attracts like kind. It attracts more of the thing that you regret. And so it will delay the thing that you're hoping for. But you wouldn't know that unless you are beginning to go through the guided journaling process and attracting your perfected wealth or your perfected health, which all of which it will do, requires you casting down those regretful imaginations. Wow. I, I think that's probably the hardest thing from my perspective is whenever I begin something, I'm really excited about this new concept, a new dream, a new pursuit in the beginning. And then a few weeks in, it's it's difficult because maybe 
you've been planting and watering, but that harvest hasn't shown itself yet. You can't see the little green sprig peeking up through the dirt. And that's that's really difficult sometimes to keep going, keep believing, keep sort of, you know, for lack of a better phrase, just keep the faith um, when it comes to what you're believing for. But it sounds like this daily kinetic journaling is what's going to get you through that process and get you to the end. Well, there's a transformation of thought in the way that we think that has to take place because the person that is living a life, uh, living by what they see or believing only what they see, like you're talking about, will never break through to begin imagining to see. Because it's when we get out of the sensory mechanisms and into the faith or the belief, the substance of things that we're believing for, the evidence of that thing existing is the belief itself. And so we begin to see the belief as the evidence rather than seeing the thing as the evidence that what we believed came to pass, if that makes sense. It does, and transformation of thought is key. And I love the idea that you can actually change permanently change your thought habits which i think is really exciting because because that means it, get, it gets easier the more you do it it's like going to the gym maybe day one whoo that's that's a rough day but then six months in um wow you're you're the you know, you're stellar. You're the star student. You've, your habits have changed. Practice, practice, practice. Isn't that right? I mean, and you just have to, that's the, what it takes with anything. And certainly with kinetic belief, uh, for example, it, you know, a lot of people will start off and they're going, Oh, I, you know what? I want a new job. I believe I have it. I want a new, well, no, wait a minute. What you want has nothing to do with what you have. Kinetic belief says you have it now. So you change that and you say, I have a new job. People will look at you and go, well, I think you're crazy. Well, you know, it's not, it has nothing to do with anything because I don't listen to you <laughs> anymore. And what you think has nothing to do with what I'm thinking. And so you're thinking, I have this new job. I have this love, this new person in my life. I have perfect health, nothing missing, nothing broken. I am made perfectly. I was designed perfectly and I am perfectly healthy. You see, when when you just when somebody wishes that they were healthy, the law of attraction is unlikely to manifest a wishful desire. You know, and I know a lot of people you know, talk about their wishes, and that's as far as they ever get. But it just doesn't work like that. Wishes are not really believed or thought to be easily attained. In fact, a wish is just wishing for something that you don't have. Wishes are often used for just actually underscoring or highlighting regrets. For example, somebody says, well, I wish I had studied more. So in quantum mechanics, the way that thought processes work, a wish is an alternating signal. But what we want to do is to remain positive for kinetic belief results by saying, I have. I've determined it. And because I speak it and I say it and I believe it and I've written it, I'm putting this motion toward receiving it. Therefore, my plans are this because I have that. So we begin this whole process by determining your purposeful heart's desire because you're in this dead end life, this dead end position that you want to move beyond. You want to move out of it. And step one, kinetic belief journaling is going to be, you know, just the first place to go. Step That's one, step two, and one. three, and four, and five. Yeah, and yeah. then also we you have to make sure that we say I, I have, not I want. We always have to say that um, the heart's desire is in the present tense. Um, and then I know you always associate a specific action 
to belief. Uh, beyond the journaling and then saying I have, what is a, a cool and an interesting, unique action that people who are wanting to pursue a new career, a new lifestyle, what, what action can they take to find that? Make an appointment, make a phone call, change your resume, mail one out, go to the appointment, um, go see somebody that you haven't seen before, but you are now, you're, you're putting action to the belief, the substance of the thing that you're hoping for, because without works, without an action, your belief is dead. It doesn't even exist. So the action in the physical is saying that what cannot be seen does exist because I'm reacting toward it like it does. Wow, that's really that's really cool, and I feel like that's a, a people throw around the, the word networking a lot, which is I'm just gonna say it, and this might not be a popular opinion, but it's a pet peeve of mine because it's such a generic word, networking. I mean, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you want me to network? Now what? Where do I go? <laughs> you can network on the subway, oh my, by the way. Oh my goodness. Network. That but just love, means talk to somebody, but I right? Just, yeah, exactly. And I love, and don't you prefer that term, talk to someone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, it's exactly what you just said, though. I just love that you said, you know, put the action to it, make the appointment, make the phone call, open the newspaper, Google the the area that you want to be in, you know, like you're saying, talk to people. And, and in a sense, that's really just putting yourself out there saying, um, I've commanded the universe to give fill in the blank to me and now I'm showing up to receive it. Um, if you don't do that, it's almost like, you know, you don't go to mo- your mom's house for Christmas morning and then you're mad that she didn't give you any presents and she'll call you and say, well, hon, I, you didn't show yeah. up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, you and you know something, ring my doorbell. Uh, Meg, networking, it can be, it can be, and probably one of the most powerful ways to network is through expectations. You head out the door expecting, polish your shoes, expecting, expectations. You're going to the gala tonight. You don't know who you're meeting, but you're going there with expectations to meet someone that has something to do with what you believe to have already come to pass. That's networking. What about people who, and and I'm I'm one of these, that you you overthink those things and then, to be honest, you make yourself nervous. You you lose the confidence and you're, you're going out to meet people and you're ready, but man, you need that. Where's the confidence? You know, where can I find that inner strength that just says, hello, everyone, I'm here. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this. That comes from a lack of meditation. You've not stirred yourself up. You've not rallied yourself in the morning. You're not doing your homework. You're not doing your journaling. You do enough of that. And I'm telling you before you would go to the gala and come home before you even realize you left the house because you are, you're, you are so excited. You've got so much inertia in your belief that there's nothing and no one that's going to tell you, you can't. There's no fear in it because all you have is faith. And where there's nothing but perfected faith or perfected belief, there can be no essence of doubt or fear. What role do you think affirmations play in all of this? We talk a lot about affirmations um, and gratitude, being grateful, meditation, um, but specifically affirmations. How, do, how does that fit into this process? That's what you're stirring up and you need to say those things out loud. The affirmations is part of your journaling. So you do your journaling and you're stirring up the concept and the processes that work to increase your belief. And then you are affirming by speaking what you believe. There's something that is powerfully unique about the voice and about words. Words are things. And there's a substance, just like there's a vibration in the substance of the words that we're speaking in this in this realm. And so when those are in agreement and in alignment with what you're believing, that that 
completes the process. So you got the thought process, you're, you're imagining one thing, you're journaling it for the continuum, for the inertia, for the kinetic belief, and then you're speaking it into form. And you're doing all these things, you're affirming it and saying it and saying it and saying it. And by doing so, you're making it so. You're creating that substance. You're attracting it in your life. You're, you're attracting those the serendipitous moments that, you know, no one else can explain it and it doesn't make any sense. Well, it's not supposed to make sense because it makes perfect belief or perfect faith. As I'm visualizing myself doing all these things that you're talking about, I'm realizing that you have to to get over your self-consciousness enough to do any of this. You have to wake up being willing to look a little cray-cray. Um, you know, you're walking around talking to yourself, you're, you're stirring yourself up, you're being gregarious and, and going into places with so much belief, um, that no, that other people don't have. And I think that's may, you know, that might be one of the most difficult parts of all this is, is just being willing to look a little nuts, stand out from the crowd. Absolutely. And you know something about being self-conscious there, there's two different parts to that. Because you can take the most successful general from the battlefield in history, and that was a self-conscious person. You can take a person that's been defeated in life that never leaves their apartment and has done nothing, and that's a self-conscious person. What's the difference? One person's awareness is on a grand scale. And so it benefits them to remain self-conscious of that grandeur, that, that perspective that they have of their greatness. The other person is self-conscious of their weakness, of their fears, of their insecurities. And in that place of being self-conscious, they're defeated before they're even started. And so we overcome, like you said, the self-conscious person that's weak by stirring up and affirming the strengths and the integrity and the greatness of the unique person that's on the inside of you. And by doing so, you want to remain self-conscious of that greatness and then head out the door every day expecting great things to happen, expecting perfected health to become you, expecting perfected opportunities to come into your life, looking for those and moving into position to receive those, having a plan of action. This is what you're going to do once it comes into your life. How are you going to spend that wealth? How are you going to be perfected in your mind and in your body? And how are you going to be advancing your soul in this life? Which after all is the, per is the reason all of us are here is to advance the very essence and core of who we are. And not only through this life, this is just the beginning, but we're advancing ourselves through this life right on in through eternity. Right before this podcast started, we were having a chat about growth and failure and how every single time that you believe that you failed at, like, let's say you're, you're, you're using kinetic belief or using the law of attraction to get out of a dead end job. Let's say you go through the process and you, you mess up. You just don't do it. You fail. You stop. You quit halfway through and you have to pretty much start the process over. Um, but you had some really interesting um, ideals about failure is, is actually, it's not failure because it's kicked, it's kicked that can down the road. You're further down the road than you realize. Um, even if you're in a sense starting over. Well, let's look at failure for just a moment. There's no such thing as failure unless you've created it. Failure doesn't happen to anybody. Failure comes to the person who says, I've, I'm stopping. I have failed. It's when you articulate or you mentally imagine or you observe yourself in failure that you have failed. It's a label. 
It's, that's correct. So there's no such thing as it unless you've created that. Observation is the very thing that begins the creative process. We observe what we want, we and we hold the the fascination of that observation before our our and our minds, and and we're journaling it, and then the again through kinetic belief and even just talking about the substance of what we're hoping for, the nature of particles that constitute matter reacts to the substance of that imagination. And so as long as we are, are observing ourselves as ultra successful, mind, body, spirit, and soul, we're perfectly healthy. We, we have that fantastic job, which is by the way, just another stepping stone into the job toward the job that we want. We, we are comparing ourselves with, with um, the self that we desire to be. And we are attracting uh, uh, that very thing into our life. Here's what happens. If you are always observing other people, looking around at the other people at the job and the, the number one salesman, you're the number two salesman and you want to be like them or you want to be like the boss or you want to be like whoever, you know, Brad Pitt. You want to be a, like a, your favorite movie star, singer, whatever. The problem is, here's what happens. When you're comparing yourself with that of another, you are you begin attracting variations on the theme of your own individual purpose, and you're looking to that to perfect your life. And the original you uh, has, has got to be the source for your ambitions if you are ever going to become an optimistic person and a successful person. Believing that you're unique and interesting and that you have a skill set and a personality and an existence that's completely different from anyone else is key here. Stirring that up, stirring your own self-importance up on the inside of you is the beginning of this entire process. Absolutely. Your genius of purpose will absolutely manifest through the meditative observation of your celebrated self. That's where it comes from. And anything less will result in something less. So the evidence of your desire manifesting is always going to be what you believe. So many times I think that a lot of us just, because we, we've been told no our whole lives <laughs> on so many different fronts. You can't do this. You're not good enough. Um, and a lot of times it's even subtle. Maybe it's not an outright no, you're not good enough, but it's just a, a lackluster reaction to you sharing your hopes and dreams with people in your sphere of influence. What would you say to those people that, you know, they just, they're having trouble just getting to that place of, of believing in themselves and for, and for what they desire. You have got to stop listening to uh, voices of condemnation, be it from who, whoever it's from, family, mama, daddy, uh, yourself, condemnation, regrets, um, judgments, all those things. It, because what it does is it results in you becoming a pessimistic person, a pessimistic person about yourself. You start to, to doubt your own abilities because you're believing the, the abject uh, 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 you know, condemnation of other people. And so what happens then for you to overcome that and to become a joyous, happy person that can only come through optimism, Opt become optimistic through journaling the expectations of your perfected desire. Optimism or an optimistic person is a happy person. 
And so the beginning of the process of getting out of that dead-end job or that uh, unhappy lifestyle that you're in is you've got to become optimistic. Optimistic toward the thing that you're believing to happen for you. You're special. Now listen, I'm not just saying that flippantly. You are absolutely priceless, special. No one's ever been created like you or ever will be again. Get out of the business of comparing yourself with other people walking down the street or in traffic or at work or at home or going home for the holidays. You are not your brother or sister. You are, no matter how many times you've been told that you're just like your mommy or you're just like your father, you're not. Those are two individual people. And it was their job to keep you from being hit by a car or cutting yourself or hurting yourself when you grew up, but their job is finished. And yes, you continue to love them unconditionally and you, you honor them for keeping you safe and helping you to grow. But you're uniquely different. There's no one like you. You are to be championed by you. Lift yourself up and recognize the genius that is on the inside of you. Not compared to somebody else's, but it's genius because it's yours. And there's not, there's fact, there's, there's, the genius doesn't exist anywhere else in the entire universe. Do you know that there are 700 million trillion planets that we're now aware of? And they're all older than the earth. The earth is a, a unique, dynamic, special place that was hung here in this, this galaxy. And you were put on it. And there's not another one like you anywhere else. Embrace that. Fall in love with yourself. Lift yourself up and, and carry yourself high above the noise of the world long enough to become uh, uh, aware of just who you are and begin setting yourself apart by believing for that perfected desire that you know belongs to you. You know what it is. And you can stop pretending like you don't. You know, we want to do that and, and uh, humble ourselves with a false debasing humility saying, I just don't know what I want. Yes, you do. Go back to your childhood. Remember? It's in there. You know. You know why you're here. Embrace it. Fall in love with yourself. Write it down and keep going back to it every single day and see it happen to you, and it will. And that's how it works. Wow. What a beautiful session episode today. Um, everybody, don't forget to go to the website, stephencanyon.com or kineticbelief.com. Follow him on Instagram at Stephen Canyon or Twitter at Stephen underscore Canyon. Um, there's so many great resources on the website and social media is such an easy way to get that daily dose of some quick encouragement and wisdom. So make sure you check that out. And there's a beautiful guided journal that um, is on the website right now. I think we're in pre-sales for that. Um, tell us a little bit about that guided journal, Steve. I know that you wrote every single day, a hundred days. Um, what a challenge for someone. I've been a kinetic believer since I was five years old and I've taken what I've uh, successfully been able to use over my lifetime and in creating businesses and, and uh, coming up with patents and designs for in engineering and teaching myself to play the piano and, and performing as a concert pianist in concert and uh, all of my successes in life, which I absolutely give full credit to. Uh, the law of attraction, bringing the substance of these things that I've hoped for into my life. And uh, so I've created this guided journal, which takes you through, and it's a challenge, it's a 100-day challenge. 
if you may need to be healed from some disease, perhaps it's that job that you want to uh, get out of and into something else or a relationship. You just want things to change in your life. Well, you will absolutely see evidence of that change begin in a magnificent way in just a hundred days through guided journaling. And so that's what this journal does. Awesome. Well, um, we're out of time for today, but I can't wait for next week. And actually, in a, I heard that in maybe a few weeks or a month or so that we're going to be doing a daily podcast. Yes, we're going to a daily podcast. Whoa. And uh, I am excited. We're going to get out of this place. The snow is getting ready to come. We're up in Keystone, Colorado, under the blue skies. But I think that's about to change in maybe four or five or six more days. They're saying snow's headed in here. So we're we need to pack it up. Out of here just in time. Uh, wow, what a cool life where we get to travel, follow the sunshine. That's our motto. I love it. We're going to head to the East Coast, down the Carolina coast, and uh, look for some warmth. And uh, we'll be there for a few weeks, and then we'll keep on going. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. Um, well, thanks so much for today. It really was, um, I think it was a special episode because it really, for, for me, it, it walked me through all of those very difficult mental gymnastics of, of what it really does take to achieve change in your life. So I think, I think that was achieved today. Thanks so much. This oh yeah, this has blast. been awesome. You know, it's always a privilege to go through each day as a kinetic believer. This has been a blast, Megan, and we'll see you next Thank week. You. Okay. okay. Bye.